Hello, everyone. Just giving you a minute to come back. Hello. And I'll present to you Craig and welcome Craig into the room. Daniela says hello. Okay. So let me actually just stop the screen share so you can see us properly in the recording and then I'll start the screen share again. So everyone, you will have all heard me speak about Craig probably a lot. You're in every single story. Awesome. <laughs> Pretty much that I, I uh, teach on. This is my partner, Craig. He was in the Navy for 13 years in the kitchens, chefing. And so like I've mentioned on the website and to you guys, I kind of have fallen, bumped, Pride my way into learning how to lead, of which you've had a uh, you've, you've had a pretty. A, it's been entertaining. It's, it's, you've had it's a, been amusing it's, for me. You've, you've had a pretty front show seat, and I asked Craig to come on today to talk about military level leadership because having you actually in my life as I've navigated things has been extremely helpful. Because I would say you are well versed in areas that I have not been. So we're going to have a bit of a conversation with you guys. You can introduce yourself as well. We're going to have a bit of a conversation about the non-negotiables in military level leadership. Is that correct? Have I said that right? Kind of. I'd, I'd look at it as more of like going into a bit of the unsexy side of leadership yeah. from a very high from a very high level. So before we even go into this, because this is something, this is a term that we've been throwing around in the Embodied CEO for a, a little bit. And what is high level leadership? So for me, the military is 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 gold standard leadership training. And the reason for that is because you train to a level of risk that is far beyond what most I'm gonna use the word civilian people, normal people. Well, you're civilians. Okay. And um that normal people will be will be trained to because basically your training has to be to a level of where almost it's potential death, like people could potentially die. So like you, you don't really have to train um, in terms of leadership to that level, but in the military is it's like the, there's always the danger of pe people actually dying and it happens. So that's that's why it has to be such a level beyond what is, what is classed as normal. So I wanna give you guys a bit of context for that and we're gonna to speak to this more, right? For example, in our businesses, most of us here, you know, if there is a mess up, there's nothing that bad that can happen. So there's a greater margin for error, there's less at risk. Whereas, for example, Craig was on a sinking ship, and we will speak about that, but I'm getting overexcited. And I know this is your favorite story. You're like, we're going to speak on the ship. Um, and that was because of someone's error, wasn't it? Yeah. And so what was really important in that situation, and again, we're going to speak about this, is Basically, Craig's boat went into a rock that was well known because someone in orientation, is it called orientation? No. I like primary school. Orientation. Navigation. Right. Navigation. You guys can see I'm very military trained, right? In navigation, he, he, he got the rock and then everyone else, well, you had to do an emergency procedure. Why are you talking about that? So I'm setting the context, okay. right? There was an emerging. Tam's like, this is how Hannah. I also yeah, give yeah. metaphors about things that I don't know all about all the time. But yeah, but the point is, there is an emergency procedure that has to happen, and the success of that emergency procedure depends on everyone being trained to the same level, right? Yes. And so in the military, there's something that said, and I think you told me this, is that your team is as strong as the weakest link, right? Um, you can say that, yeah. I would yes. say, well, it's only as good as your 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 training, your last training. Is it only as good as your Yeah, we'll, we'll go into that as okay. well. So I'm mindful of how much I say. Okay, right let's now. let's dive in. Okay, brilliant. So you guys are Matt Craig. Let's start with this. The unsexy side of leadership, which I love, and I feel like the embodied CEO is a little bit of a little bit of that, right? You know, we do a lot of manifestation trainings and you know, we do a lot of exercises, like what do you desire? And we do all of these beautiful practices. And I feel like the embodied CEO is a little bit of a drop to earth right? We love the manifestation. We love the visualizations. We love all of those things. And you have to learn how to lead yourself in life, right? So I asked Craig, what did you want to bring to the table that you think will be really useful for everyone in the group? And you said the reality is of high level leadership yes. of which we have defined for you. 
and we've written a little list of the things that you said. Like, like some of, I think some important things, especially like ones that transfer over into like running a business and growing a business and like your level of self-development is like what some of those are where they can be transferable into, into people who have online businesses and leaders as well. So. Yeah, amazing. Let's go with the first one then. What are the realities of high-level leadership for you? Um, so first one, not everyone's going to like you. Uh, I, I think people, yeah, I think everybody has to go through this stage and like people who, who kind of like say, it's just like, well, I don't care what people think. It's just like, if you have to keep saying that, it's like, you probably do care. And that's okay. I think it's it's a phase that you you have to go through of of not being liked, and it's like you shouldn't want to be liked either. That's kind of the, your own personal um, comfort with who you are and your responsibility. Because it's actually I'll use some military terms. It's actually it's like the the focus is actually on the the mission and and the result that you're looking for. And it's just like you're not your job isn't to be liked by everybody. Obviously, your job's not to be an arsehole as well, but it's the main focus is on the mission and knowing that not everyone's going to like you and like your style of leadership, and, and and that's okay. But it's like you kind of have to like you and you have to be comfortable in going through that um, uncomfortable phase of actually, you know, people, there's going to be a lot of people that don't actually like you and what you do. And here's the thing, it's like, and this is, a, this is a hard thing that sometimes people struggle to accept, right? In the context of our businesses, what is the mission, right? In For you, it's like, don't die, I feel like in the military. But for us, the mission is the vision of your business. So many of you guys have an impact or, you know, even financially driven business, and there is a greater vision and mission. So if you look at the School of IH, the vision and mission is healing across the world, right? It's creating an ecosystem that is financially supportive for all of these people, right? And so the reality of leadership, and I'm the leader in this situation, is that as I drive, right, towards this vision and mission, not everyone will like me. And what's really interesting, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've experienced this, is sometimes you're more liked, right, when you're just in a group of mates. And the second that you become the leader, or the second that you become the manager, sometimes people automatically shift their relationship to you. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like that changes. Like I've seen, I've seen people completely change and turn into absolute dickheads. Like that you're that you're equal in your and your mates at work. Uh, and then when they get a position of authority, is they just can completely turn into an absolute dick. And and again, like sometimes that's their process. It's just like it's it's like it, leadership is a is a process of self-development too but you can see you really see someone's I think it reveals a bit of your true character and insecurities which it does in leadership of like you get a position of authority then it's like how how then do you lead other people do you use it as like I'm an authority or do you use it as like where I can serve my people to a greater level so what I was actually speaking about but I love that you've mentioned that we'll come back to that is that did you notice because when you started in the kitchens, you made bread basically, and then you went up to well, head chef. Well, okay, yeah, that's, that's Hannah's. That's, that's we'll stay, what we'll stay with that. We'll stay with that. And then you went up to to running the kitchens. Did you find right taking away from you being a dick or not being a dick? Did you find that some people changed the way that they related to you because you were in a leadership position? Yes. So I think people have this, and this is what people can generally do people can try to kind of like manipulate or kind of um um have kind of really sneaky ways of trying to be in favor or trying to see what they can get away with and test boundaries because you're mates or they'll be like you've changed since you you know you're now in a leadership position it's like well yeah you have to so you have to remember your role and uh, and, and almost expect other people to kind of, some people to respond to you in a different way. And, and that's where, again, it's like, you, you have to be able to have good boundaries. You have to be clear on kind of like what the bigger picture is. And it's more about the bigger picture than actually yourself and other people too. That's important. But hundred percent is like, the more you kind of grow into leadership, the more you'll see, you'll, you'll lose people. hundred percent, you'll lose people. And is also, you'll, you'll gain new people, but like, 
and I think that's a big one on boundaries as well, where it's like you you have to have really good boundaries in yourself because the human thing is people will try to kind of like get things from you or try to kind of manipulate you in certain ways, not necessarily intentionally, but it's just like you have to be aware of that as well for sure. So I think this is a really, a really interesting thing. When you get into a leadership position, it's very unconscious, right? But an unconscious relationship dynamic, what people do is they test you to see what kind of leader are you, right? Are you a leader that I can push, right? Are you a leader that I can get what I want from? Are you a leader that I can manipulate? And actually, when we teach the boundaries and all of these pieces in the school of IH, right? And this has been a thing for me because I used to be really, really soft and people sniffed that. Basically, they sniffed it out and I would get things that would never happen to Craig, like just incredible things that would never happen to Craig because people would be like, oh, she's soft. Right. And so sometimes when we evolve into a CEO role, we have to be okay with I'm going to hold the boundary, whether people like me or not. I'm going to say no, whether people like me or not, you know. Um, you have to change your self-image from I'm everyone's mate, and this is what I found really hard, (laughs) to I'm actually running a business or I'm actually directing a ship or I'm actually running the show, right? Can we go to people will speak behind your back? Because I was cracking up when Craig was writing this. I was like, we're going to go and we're going to teach them workshop and we're going to say all of these things are going to happen to you in a leadership position and you guys are going to be like, I'm not going to run a business. But remember that when we're equipped we're prepared and actually even just hearing you say stuff my brain's gone ah oh. so what do you mean Everyone, you know people will speak about you behind your back but basically people well people do anyway regardless of leadership position so yeah. it's just like people will shit talk shit about you behind your back and like um judge you and get together in little groups and talk shit and uh Again, it's like it's part of that. It's just like where you you have to be able to detach from that and make that none of your business. And it's like, for example, on where if a lot of you might use social media for your businesses, right? It's just like the things you talk about on social media. There's there's a usually a big gap between like the things that you actually really want to talk about and want to say because oh, you know what will people say about that? Then actually, like really, where you're going to have a big impact is by saying things that you really mean and you really stand for because you are going to split people and people aren't going to like it and people are going to talk shit about you. And like, um, I mean, I get shit all the time. Yeah, because you provoke though. Yeah, but like- You provoke, not, provoke your character. Yes, but like, I'm, but I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm not intentionally trying to provoke people. I'm just saying what I actually stand for and what my principles are yeah. and what I believe in. Knowing that it's just like, oh, that's really going to piss some people off, but that's none of my business. And like, I'm sure there's- a lot of people that talk shit about me out there, but like I, I don't, I generally don't care. Here's here's the, the underlying message to what Craig's saying, and it's if you're someone that has a message and you've got things to say and you've got an impact driven goal, it's like the cream example I gave. Not everyone's going to agree with your message, right? And the thing is, very often we only want to speak our truth when we feel that we're going to have a fan club of human beings like cheering us on. But the truth is, if you're living someone that's actually living an authentic life, right? If you're someone that's actually, you know, wanting to create a revolution of some sense, then the chances are there are gonna be people that disagree with that, right? For whatever reasons, and it's not your business. Now, the people will speak about you behind your back. It's this piece that I was speaking to as we were talking about evolving into the CEO. People have a tendency, it's a human being pattern. If I had that money, I would do that. If I was running that business, I would do that. People always think they know better than you from the outlines, from like the sidelines. Now, not always, this is something that happens. Here's what's important, right? If someone's speaking or saying something around you behind your back, how do you respond? Are you able to keep going are you able to keep trusting in yourself or is it every time that someone has an opinion about you that might not be an opinion that you like or an opinion that is good does that sway you off your track because this is what's really screwed me over right I initially only wanted to have a message that people liked right and so when I started getting people that didn't like what I was saying I would then sit down and I'd think maybe I need to change my message maybe I need to change who I am in the world maybe I need to and that's exhausting because then you're redefining yourself every three seconds and actually that's manipulation from you because you're becoming someone new in order to be liked right so there's peace in 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 remembering people be people 
People be people, people have opinions, people say things, right? It's often unfounded, ungrounded, and not based on personal experience. So can we be the kind of leader that allows that to happen? We don't need to villainize the people that say things, right? And we're still plugged into our life's mission. Because that's really big. And even if you look at people like, you know, as I was growing with visibility, I went through really big fear in this. And I started Googling like Joe Dispenza reviews or, you know, people that I really, really love. And I'd see the things that people would say. And I think to myself, what if Joe Dispenza didn't put his retreats and magic out in the world because Sally down the road said this, then the world would be a, a lesser great place. Right. And so we have to remember that for ourselves as well. I think the same thing is people will critique your decisions. Right. Yeah, it's, it's they they all kind of fit in together, don't they? Really, but it's it's again, it's like um, it's like you said about like people will test um, test you and like and push your buttons and try to snip out weaknesses. So it's like that's almost like it's almost a kind of like the primitive animalistic part of us, where it's like you're trying to snip out weaknesses in people, and if you find something, it's like you can use it to take advantage and manipulate. And it's like this is the thing of like where is getting past this. Everybody's love and light shit as well where it's just like is you have to understand that like you said people be people right so we all have broken hearted at this okay this this we're talking about rejection of the present moment i went through a real process in this i was like wait a minute not everyone's gonna be nice to me like that that really got me um but the thing is though but like when you actually understand that and it's just like the same with critiquing your decisions is like you have to make decisions like and be willing to make mistakes. You, yeah. This is this is one that like holds. It's all back in some ways. Is like where the more you can like make a dis, make a clear decision, and and knowing without knowing that it, whether it's the best thing or not, it's just like the best you know how to do now. Um, and knowing that some of those decisions aren't going to work out, and you're, you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to fuck up, and they're going to be seen by other people. But this is where you have to have a high level of ownership, and as well as just like if people have to be able to to trust you and respect your leadership. And that is almost being seen to be imperfect too. So if you allow people to manipulate and have their say, like everybody has an opinion of what you should do and you're listening to that too much and it sways how you make decisions, you completely lose confidence in in, in team and in kind of like in, in, in leadership as well. Like people won't trust you anymore. So what I want you guys to get from that is mistakes happen. And this is what we were talking about, the messy bit, right? And we seem to have this kind of culture that it's like people want to seem and appear perfect, right? From afar, they don't want to be seen making mistakes. You don't want to be seen. And we've made, Tamsin, how many mistakes have we made on our way to where we are? <clears throat> Tamsin's laughing. She's like, I wouldn't be able to count more fingers than I have, right? So it's, it's coming to terms with our imperfection. It's coming to terms with that we make mistakes. It's coming to terms that we, we get things wrong. And the, the really incredible thing is that when you understand that you make mistakes and you get things wrong, guess what, right? Suddenly making decisions isn't as hard. Suddenly being brave isn't as hard. Suddenly being courageous isn't as hard because you're not going to be as much as an asshole to yourself if you get it wrong on the way. Like, I always think about this. This is probably, you're going to be like, what are you want about? But we're on this floating rock in the middle of space, right? And we're just born here. And no one tells us anything. And we're just trying to get it right, you know? Like, can we have some compassion and empathy for us? You've got 80 bloody fucking years, right? <laughs> and we're trying to build these huge businesses. And we're learning to manifest. And like, can we have some compassion and grace and empathy for ourselves, right? We've just been popped in these bizarre situations. What's Daniela saying? Coming from my perspective of business and not being in the military, what's coming through is that can be seen as a celebration that people are so involved in your stuff that people are saying and doing these things towards you, meaning that people are going to be saying and doing amazing things about you. People are going to be people and we can't let them control us. Yes. And here's here's the added thing, Daniela. We can't want to control them. Because that's the thing. That's what we do sometimes. We're like, what can I do or who can I be? Right. So no one has a bad opinion, but that's us trying to control that. Right. Now, what I thought was really interesting is that you said high levels of responsibility. Yes. So bang on about. And and this is, again, uh, it's why I think the unsexy side of leadership, people think it's all wonderful to be a leader. And it is. But it's like it's also a very, very, very hard and challenging job. And you, you have to take 
um, and accept a higher level of responsibility because obviously if you're in a leadership position, you're leading other people. And it's just like you 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 don't take responsibility for other people, but there's you are kind of like a a, a model of of what people are going to look to and actually how people build themselves with a demonstration of your leadership. So you kind of have to have a, a higher moral standards and values and um, like you say, it's like part of that making difficult decisions. And um, it's it, and this is where like you see a lot of people, which for me is 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 so cringy. Is just like where people don't want to take responsibility; they want to make an excuse or blame somebody else for something and not take that on. So it's not that you blame yourself for everything, but uh, in leadership, it kind of doesn't matter. It's like it's it's. I always say it's always your responsibility because you're the leader. So this is a big thing in business. It's like. And Craig pees me off when sometimes I'm annoyed about something. He's like, your business, your responsibility. And that gets to be the rule of thumb. Like, even if it's someone in your team did something, even if it's something like it's your business, you're going to be training people, it's your responsibility. And so that is actually very empowering because then, like we've talked about this, we can do something about it. But I love what you said about holding yourself to a higher level um, because you're the leader. And let me give you a piece of business advice that changed the game for me, right? Embodied leaders that practice what they preach, right? That really do the work. That's very often who you see that are succeeding, right? Because you can smell someone. You can smell it. You can with your little nose. Oh, I love the smells, right? You can smell someone that is practicing what they preach and someone that does not, right? And, and I think that's that there's a lot to be said on that, right? And so there you're saying you have to force yourself to address parts of your character that you don't want to look at. We've kind of talked about this in the self-inquiry and everything that we've been doing today. Is there anything big that you want to say on that? Um, again, I would, again, they all kind of link together, but I'd put that into terms of the, the, the responsibility piece of just like where you have to be able to really take a radically honestly look at yourself. And although we know that, in practice, it's it's really challenging to do that. So it's it's that you where you always have to look at yourself first before you start looking at other people, and that's challenging to do because it, again, it's like the the shadow part, right? It's just like we all have that, and it's like you're going to find things about yourself that you you're probably not going to like very much, and it's just like you ha you have to address them. That's your responsibility. You have to address them, and what a lot of I find. A lot of um, leaders do, like say, for example, in like in corporate, which I've worked with um, a fair bit, is just like seeing this where it's it's based on leadership is based on like you know promotion and putting in an authority position, not necessarily competence, or it's like you know it's like where you've actually worked on yourself internally in terms to 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 be in that position. And so people try to hide their flaws and hide these character traits that they don't actually like, and then sit in this kind of like protective shell of like, I'm the authority. And, and it just fucks up the, the whole team and the whole, the whole dynamics. And I'm like, I was shocked. Like when I started, started first working with corporate leaders, um, I was amazed at that like actually how poor the leadership is. It is like, it, and a generalization it is like, it's really poor, but I only have um, the military really to call on in terms of a, an institute of, of leadership where I've learned from. So, but I was I was really shocked on that. I was I didn't understand how they actually had functioning teams, performing teams, and successful products because I'm like, you none of you know what you're doing and how to communicate. So the the big thing to take from there is like very often we've thought we're going to be the best leader by trying to pretend that we're perfect. And actually, we become the best leader by being willing to look at parts of us that aren't perfect and that need to be addressed. That's what it is in, in essence, isn't it? Yeah, and being able to like um, own that and show that as well. I think that actually um, caused a high level of respect for mothers too. Because you know this as well. Like I, uh, I remember like, and you people know this instinctively as well. It's like whether you know it or not. Like when I was sixteen, when I first joined on sh on ships, and there's this like. I look back now and wherever now where I could, I could, I judged and I could judge and I had a compass for like who was somebody that I wanted to work for and I would really work for and put a lot of effort in and would really listen to what they say and take on board. And the guys that I just thought were full of shit 
and like I didn't want to work for and I didn't respect. And it's like as a 16 year old, so it's like instinctively you do know this because it's just like we feed off like behavior and how somebody shows up too. And I think a lot of people think they can get away with that, but you can't. Craig and I went through a phase over the winter season where we would go watch stand-up comedy. And stand-up comedy is very interesting because you have the headline act and then you have all of the supporting acts prior, okay? And what's very interesting is with the same audience, okay, different speakers or comedians would get a very different response. So you'd have the first comedian, which was the least experienced comedian, that would go up and the audience would eat them alive. I mean, we went to a comedy show where it was like, it was in a dive bar, you know, it was in a dive bar. Everyone was, you know, Brit British tourists pissed off their face. And so every, every well, both times we went twice that we went, the first act got eaten alive. The second act, a little bit better. No one in the audience fucked with the headliner. And why is it? Because the, the headliner had honed within themselves boundaries don't fuck with me energy, but not in an aggressive way. They were just able to hold it. So there is something energetic when we do the leadership work within ourselves. There are things that we will get and there are things that we will not get. And there is stuff that I've got because I've had permeable boundaries. I probably had a signal beeping out there that you can fuck with me, basically. Um, and I've experienced things that I know, you know, even being in a relationship with Craig, that, that would never have happened to him. And so instead of blaming those people, I get to clean that shit up inside myself. And I think that that's really what leadership is. And leadership, you know, you can, it's like you said, you could tell when you're a 16 year old boy who was in their center and who wasn't, right? And that's really big for us to realize. That's really, really, really big. And, you know, yeah, those comedy shows really were a very good demonstration of that. There is why I like stand-up comedy as well as the process of it because it's like it's so raw and stripped back of bullshit because the only way to get better and get past that is to get back up on stage and just do it again. Yeah. And like the, and you the, build the resilience, which you, is part you, of the you issue. build it, but like part of it is just like there's no there's no kind of way you can sneak around that or skip a step. It's like you've literally got to stand in front of people and like make people laugh and have good material. And you like knowing that you're gonna get people give you shit and heckle you. And it's just like, and you're going to die. And sometimes you're going to bomb and like, it's going to be the worst set you've done. And then like, but then you, you, you just got to go back and do it again. So I think it's like a, a very, I like that kind of like raw stripped back process of like, um, just get the fuck back up and do it again. Yeah. That's, Which that's will happen in business, basically. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm scaring everyone, but it, but it is absolutely, it is absolutely part of it. It is absolutely. It is 100%. Like you're going to get your ass, you are going to get your ass kicked. And then it's just like you have to get up and do it again. So, using that analogy of the, the comedy, it's just like it's, it, it kind of like can feel devastating, but it's just like you've literally got to get off your ass and go and do it again. Nobody's immune from that. And like you can sit and lick your wounds, but it's just like. And sometimes I do say, yeah, but well, we all do, don't we? But it's just like how long you stay there is up to yeah. you, and how long you let that put you off is up to you. And let's speak to this bit of leadership isn't unanimous with being a perfect human being. In the fact that you know, and if Daniela has even mentioned this today, she was like, "I love how you tell the truth." Right? I actually do that to protect myself, so you guys don't pedestal me. Right? Sometimes people that are super duper pedestaled is actually because unconsciously they've been trying to show a perfect mm. mask to the world. Right. And so obviously people are going to look up to you if you're coming with an aura and energy of I'm better than you. I've got this mask. And so when I show my my humanity teaching, it's for you guys to see my humanity and to see my imperfection and that I'm not putting myself anywhere above you. I'm saying we're doing this together in some areas. I just might be a bit more further along. Right. And I do that because I have been pedestaled in the past and it's not been helpful for me or them. Right. Um, and I do think there's something to be said for having a leader that can come up and be like, oh, sorry, that was actually me. Or, oh, you know, it's 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 like you've got to be able to hold both boundaries and not take on other people's shit and own what is yours. I think that's like what I refer to that as is like it's kind of like an in the trenches style of leadership. Where which, like, means? which means basically, guys, I'm in it with you. It's just like yeah. I'm not over here on a pedestal. Like it's just like I don't have those problems. I've not struggled with that. It's just like you're in it with the guys. And it's just like where you're willing to put yourself in positions and like 
and do what they do. So it, again, it's another thing of where it's when you'd see like leaders that are in a, like a high position, like a very high position, would come and do the kind of the 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 the, the minuscule jobs or like take out the rubbish and things like this, like little things. It's like those little tiny things are like a character traits. It's just like that's how you get a lot of respect and it's kind of like look I'm, I'm in, in with you guys and like I'll do the same things that you do mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here in my chair just like barking out orders or like acting like you don't struggle with stuff so on a coaching level that is you practice what you preach <laughs> basically that's what that is on a coaching level but also that's not to be mistaken by someone struggling and suffering and you pretend that you're struggling and suffering because you want to meet them mm. where they're at okay that's different Let's just spend 10 minutes on this because I said that we were going to talk about this. And so when you were 19, you were on a ship that sunk, but fortunately it did not it sink fully. It did not sink. It didn't sink fully, just a little bit. I, well, I don't I don't understand the yargon. I know. You have to describe this. I don't know how to explain it. There was a ship, it sunk. Did it fully sink? Did it not sink? What does it mean for a ship to sink? I don't know. I've been on very few ships. Okay. So the lessons from a sinking ship is like, I, I, I use this when I when I work with clients too because it's it, there's so many lessons in this and that relate to leadership that you can transfer to life, business, etc. As well. Um, so some of the things from this. So I'll tell a brief bit first of the actual incident to give some context. Is that we were like 300 miles off the coast of Australia and uh, near some uh, a small island called Lord Howe Island and. Um, it was 10 o'clock at night and uh, everyone's kind of like chilling out and um, ready for bed, etc. And then there was a massive vibration on the ship, like really like thud and then loud noise and shaking. And and then the, the main alarm went off, which is the emergency alarm. So as soon as that goes off instinctively, because you've, you've trained in that, you understand what that means, you, you react you know what to do, you get all your emergency gear on and you go to your station wherever that is and like you wait for kind of instruction and like knowing what to do in terms of what the situation is. And um, what had happened is obviously the navigator had not seen this rock on the map and we the, the sea brought us up and brought the ship right down like head on into the rock and smashed a hole in the front of the ship that you could easily walk through uh, open arms which is very big and we were sinking and there was fires uh, electrical fires there was like water rushing in and we were actually sinking so we then had to kind of like do what we do do what we're trained for that you don't expect is going to actually happen to you and and it was only because of of that training that the ship didn't sink we had the professional divers on board and they said they basically put all the information into their fancy computers and like, oh, you should you should have sank. It's just like this ship should not be here, so it should have sank. So um, what we actually take from that is in, in like when we used to do all this training for like fires, floods, um, chemical attacks, like suicide bomber attacks, it's just like it'd be monotonous. You'd do it all the time. It'd be in inconvenient times. You're just repeating the same shit over and over and over again people would piss and complain and whine and bitch about it because you don't think it's going to happen to you and like i've been on ships where like pretty much all of those things have happened and so it's like you actually learn and this is i think where where people really fuck up is like you actually learn that it's just like you can't do enough training you can never do enough training and it's kind of like a preparation mindset for leadership of just like where it's like you because a lot of what you get in self-development too it's all like just think positive and and affirmations and, and manifesting that where if you actually focus on what's the worst thing that can happen people think that's negative and you're going to make that happen it's not it's just like you're preparing yourself uh, especially mentally and emotionally to be able to like where there's going to be challenges there's going to be hard shit like without a doubt you can't avoid it that's going to happen so it's just like the more you can prepare yourself to be able to react and respond when the shit hits the fan is just like is you're going to be the one that actually be able to deal with with high levels of stress and high intensity and when shit happens more effectively than most of the people and that's what i find that most people do not focus on 
So it's like, um, I refer to it as doing hard shit. Like I, I work with men in leadership. A lot of what a men are missing is like those foundations of like, you have to go out there and choose hard shit, like do hard things that you don't want to do, highly uncomfortable, that like you find excuses for and like you have to do them over and over and over and over and over again. And people don't do that. People wait until shit happens and shit hits the fan, then react without any fucking training whatsoever and wonder why they struggle more than they should rather than actually like train, 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 train in the, in the event of prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. So it's kind of like pre preparation and, and survival training. Um, and... And, and, I, and I find that's what people really miss in, in, in leadership, absolutely. So if you look at it in the military of why we do that, it's because it's we want to put you in stress. stress. We want to put you in stressful situations and high intensity that are as close to the real thing as possible. So it's like you make your training harder than the real thing because when you're in a stress response, which we all go into, uh, as we grow, we go into a stress response, high-level challenges, is you are always going to revert to your level of training and competence and skill. If you haven't trained monotonously to be more competent and more skilled, then it's just like your response is going to be chaotic and you're going to lose your shit and you're not going to know what you want to do and you'll be all over the fucking place. I'm going to put this a little bit in IH terminology for you guys <laughs> to understand. Transfer my I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to translate. Um, no, not translate, but transfer. Translate. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of our online businesses or businesses or jobs or roles that we have here or life, it's like we were talking about, right? We do the manifestation hit work here. We want to we want to create these big and beautiful lives and life be life in. Okay, like like people be people in life be life in right, and these are solid things that we need to come to terms with. Like I shared, you know, on that journey from rejecting your present moment to accepting your present moment. Like not everything is always going to look on the surface as you'd like it to. There and and so we're probably not going to be in a sinking ship. Let's hope not. Right, we're probably not going to be in these emergency situations in the context of the navy. But what we are going to experience is breakup, clients not liking us, um, bloody, what was it, getting blackmailed this year, you know? And I share these challenges with you guys so you guys get to see the contrast of, yes, I do do the manifestation work. Yes, I do do the visualizations. Yes, I do do the work to see the good in everything. And yet I'm resilient to when things don't look as I desire them to look, right? And in every situation where things go tits up, which happens, I see that as I get to build more resilience, which means I get to build greater leadership, which means that I'm going to have more of a successful business, right? So all of the work that we do in the school of IH, like, can I see the good in every situation? Can I practice responsibility? Can I do my trauma healing? Can I practice, you know, emotional regulation? That's all great when life is going good. But what about when you have a client that drops out and doesn't hold their payment plan, right? And you needed their payment plan to pay for rent. What happens when you join a job and, and it turns out that your boss is an asshole and you leave the job and you don't have you know, the income that you thought that you're going to have? What happens when you're really excited for a launch in business and it flops because actually you didn't think about a few things because it's the first time that you've done it, right? That's when all of the emotional regulation practices, responsibility practices, leadership practices, like that's when that really counts. And, you know, I've realized that you can tell, right, who's going to be successful in the length of time by seeing how they respond to challenge, not when life's going good, right? And this comes back to Tamsin and her intestine. Yes, babe, I'm going to talk about it again, right? Like, the reason that Tam was the perfect person for me to work with, and you guys will hear Tam speak tomorrow, probably not about her intestine unless I ask her a random inappropriate question, right? But the reason that I was excited to work with Tamsin is that Tamsin at seven years old experienced something that no one should ever experience. And she made her life good. So what did that tell me? That told me like in good and in bad and in challenging and everything between she can meet me. And Tam and I have literally ridden, is that correct English? Tam, I mean, maybe you can set, speak to this slightly and we'll close with this, but we've, we've gone through the biggest of storms, 
in the school and no storm has been too big for us. Do you know what I mean? And Tam's been with me every single fucking second of the way. And that's leadership. I think sometimes you have to experience these things because it builds on your character, right? When you're thrown into a situation and you have to deal with something, how do you deal with it? And each time we're thrown a situation, whether that's not having an testing, whether that's going to hospital again or not, or a client um, not liking something, each time you go through something, it builds another layer of power and resistance. And how can we learn from it? And how do we move forward? Yeah. And that's how we've been able to grow in such this beautiful way. Yeah, and in this very fast way, it's not because yeah. we can hold it when it's just good, it's we can hold it when it's everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you guys might listen to this and sometimes this happens, we judge people that have been, um, you know, maybe we've judged people online that have received a backlash or we've judged people that, you know, you might have judged me for getting blackmailed and all of these things. And it's like Craig says, we think it's not going to happen to us, Right until it does. And it was the first thing that I thought when my mum got diagnosed with cancer, it was this big realization of, oh God, I thought it would never happen to my family. I thought these things didn't happen to me, but life be life in. (laughs) And so even though life be life in and people be people in, we get to still have extraordinary lives, but we have to develop these inner things within ourselves, right? And I love what you said about in times of stress, we revert to our level of competence and skill. That's probably the most important part because it, it's like it's like with this is I actually think it's it's easier to when you're in a position of hardship to to respond to it because you have to you have no choice and you'll drag yourself through as much as possible. It'll be painful. It will be exhausting. But it's just like on the other side, you'd be like, oh shit! I'm how grateful am I for that? It's actually much harder to become disciplined in doing that when times are good. Yeah. So when times are good and you don't have to, and it's comfortable to actually choose to go and do, well, however you do that, like I have my own methods, is like you find your own methods to do that. But by choosing to do that when times are good, because you know that the next challenge is, is just around the corner, is you are, you are doing yourself a, a higher service to still go and kind of be very disciplined in the absolute basics and go and put yourself through hardship to a certain extent, because it's like, you're just preparing. All you're doing is prepping yourself for the next thing. And people, again, I think most people don't do that. So the context for us would be, people do this, life is going really well. I'm going to stop doing my practices. Mm -hmm. I've lost weight. I'm going to stop doing Pilates, right? oh, I just got a pay in full. I'm going to stop doing my Neville Goddard work. And then they wonder why they go through a big financial lull for the next six months and they've got to pull it back, right? I'm not sure I'm going to tell myself that the next challenge is around the corner. I'm going to tell myself that I move easily and gracefully through everything whilst understanding, right, that stuff does happen and becoming the person that can deal with it. And I think that's the, that's, that's the thing. And what you were saying is that but, but hear this, in times of stress, you'll go into a nervous system response, right? And then you'll go back to your level of competence and skill. So in thinking, what's your level of competence and skill in thinking thoughts that are taking you to the desired result, right? In feeling your feelings, in backing yourself. What are the automatic patterns of belief and thought and behavior that you've created, Right? And so let's just close with this. Don't be afraid of higher standards for yourself and those around you. Always focus on the basic fundamentals of repetition. And the final one, just to spend less than five minutes on clear and direct communication, right? You've really taught me this. Yeah. Because I used to suck at this. It's a, to be honest, it's like, it's, it's challenging. It's like, I find it challenging too. Because like you said, it's like, I, I, I can appear... I say I appear provoking to other people and like um, where I, I know that people can feel uncomfortable around me or like really, really triggered because if they think I'm, I'm intense, it's, it's not. It's because I've learned to communicate 
And I'm like, I was, I still practice it. Like it's still challenging sometimes in relationship, right? I think it is for a lot of us, but it's like, it's to be clear and direct in communication. Like, again, in a military situation, like whether it's in the kitchens, whether it's in like, you know, intense training for a life or death situation, you, you, you can't be bothered about fucking people's feelings and like, oh, I wonder if like, I don't want to say that because I don't want to seem mean or like, I want to be like, I want people to like me or I want people to think I'm nice and like, I don't want to offend anybody and all of this. It's, it's fucking exhausting. But it, so it, this having this clear and direct communication, I actually think is the honorable thing to do because it's like, you're responsible for your feelings, right? I'm responsible for my feelings. That's a, that's a hard thing to go through continuously when someone's just speaking really clearly and honestly. But I think that's the kindest thing to do is to communicate in a clear and direct way where you're not kind of, it's not an ill intent behind it. It's actually the intent is, is kindness where I have to be honest with you um, because I, I feel like it's the right thing to do. And it's like, whether you like it or not, it's just like it's actually from from a place of personal values yeah and it's up to the other person how they take it and that's how you that's actually a big part of how you can um let go of like of, of people pleasing behaviors etc where like look is you're comfortable in who you are and what you stand for you can clearly like you can communicate clearly and directly and it's up to other people what they do with that and that's so freeing. It's like it really is probably one of the most freeing things you can do. But again, I would I would say a majority of people really like really struggle with that. And it's and I and I find that is one of the the highest skill sets in leadership is that clear and direct communication and from being in intense environments and seeing it at its extreme is like hands down one of the most important skill sets to to to, to improve on. And then it also leaks into relationships because something that I really appreciate about our relationship is that I know if there's an issue, you tell me. And eventually, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's been really helpful for us yeah. because it's not that we haven't navigated things together. Sure, it's like yeah. we navigate things, but it's that communication, that willingness mm -hmm. to speak about things, that willingness to not brush things under the cover or the whatever you say. The carpet. The Sweep things under the carpet. Brush things. What do you know about brushing, Hannah? <laughs> but it's the, the another point on this, and why this is so important is is the clear and direct communication that doesn't. And the reason why people struggle with that is because of what it actually means. When you're communicating clearly and directly, is you are going to have to become very good at navigating through conflict again or something people generally kind of suck at it's because it's like you you like we have conflict and we've had conflict but we've worked through it and then it's like we learn that that's how we communicate and it improves but you have to be learn to be good at dealing with conflict and that makes people really anxious people we, we react from our emotional states and kind of like in a way that we don't want to and you kind of have to go through that to, to kind of get good at navigating conflict. And especially, well, everything's relationships really, but nothing like a personal relationship to do that. And but it, it, it's something, again, that you can't avoid. Otherwise, you brush things under the whatever you think you said, cover. <laughs> it's like um, you, you just end up sweeping things under the carpet and things get left unsaid. And, and, and then, then it builds more problems. Oh, it builds so many problems. It's because like, then that's when resentment builds. That's when you start yeah. villainizing the other person because you've not actually told them yeah. the truth of how you feel or what you think. Even with clients, right? So I, I again, I teach that to my clients without teaching them what them by actually being that myself. So I'll yeah. like be very direct and clear with my communication with my clients. And they don't like it sometimes. I have a famous saying with a lot of my clients where they're like, fuck you, Craig. Because it's like I say something and they, oh, it really stabs them and they don't like it. But the point is, I have a solution for them as well. And then that's, they actually respect that. But then they take on that behavior themselves and they take it into their own life and they have those uncomfortable conversations and communicate again. And then it's going to bring stuff up that's been brushed under the cover. <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with it. And for a lot of people, that's a lot of shit that's under that cover. And uh, that's why it's like 100% is like is 
two things out of this that I think are the most important. It's the, you always revert to your level of competence, skill and training in a stress response, which we all have. And the clear and direct communication and being able to navigate through conflict, like, because they're really uncomfortable and they are actually hard to do, but because they're the most valuable. And not see conflict as something that's bad or wrong. I think no. a lot of us have been brought up in environments where parents have dealt with conflict in a sense that has not been healthy. So we can put conflict, oh, my relationship should never have any conflict if it's healthy, but actually being able to openly approach conflict together is yeah. part of a healthy relationship, right? And so like that's important part of a romantic relationship, it's an important part of all types of relationship, mm -hmm. right? Can I be in conflict without needing to run away? Can I have this uncomfortable conversation without needing to run away? Can I tell my truth, even though it could hurt the other person? Obviously not by being an asshole, but being respectful. These are all big things in business and love and in, in everything. But also being okay with it being a shit show sometimes and being an absolute mess. Yeah. I think that's it as well as just like, um, I get, I get guys, you know, oh, can you recommend any books to read on communication? Like, just go and fucking communicate. Go and go and speak, like, like for example, to your wife or girlfriend and, like, just go in there and open a line of communication. Don't try and deal with everything at once. Open a line of communication. And even by communicating, oh, I feel really uncomfortable with, like, communication and just, like, I just need time to articulate what I'm saying and learning how each other reacts when you communicate or conflict or triggered, that's that's a part of it. So it's just like, you don't need to go read a book. You need to go do the thing. I remember, and let's close with this. Craig and I had a policy for a while where you would feel a thing and you wouldn't really know how to communicate about it because you wouldn't really know what it was that you wanted to communicate. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And I remember this was in our first house in Ibiza and I was sat in the jacuzzi. And our communication was that Craig had something to communicate, but he didn't know what the, he had to communicate. So we were going to communicate until he understood what yeah. he had to communicate. And it was about yeah. an hour conversation. And this was actually a precedent because you hadn't been in a relationship where you'd had that space before, right? And so... Yeah, because it's like I'd learned a lot of skills and improved on things. And it was like... And then you met practice. me. And then I'm the practice. And... Yeah. And, and there was nothing wrong with that. So we judged the conflict should look in a certain way. We judge that something should look in a certain way. And this is our lack of acceptance yeah. of the mess, right? But let's close this because we've just, we've already gone over 10 minutes. Thank you very much You're for welcome. coming in and teaching people about sinking ships that did not sink apparently. So I don't know what to bloody call it. Um, what would I call it? A sinking ship, not a sunk ship. Okay, so it's, it was in the process of sinking, but it did not sink. Yes. Okay, there you go. We've all learned so much, including myself. Uh, I hope that you all find this really helpful. It's a slightly different approach. You've had my approach to leadership and then you've got Craig's approach to leadership. But actually the parallels are responsibility, training, practices, right? Repetition. It's all of the stuff that we talk in the School of IH. It's, it's, it's the simple things. Anyway, love you all. Love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Are you going to say that? nice back to me um and i'll see you all for tomorrow where we've got the team training thanks guys. Bye, everyone. daniela says thank you so much